Welcome to the eGovernance Academy podcast to discover the future of governance. eGovernance Academy has assisted digital transformation globally in more than 130 countries. Our experts will share their insights and worldwide examples on how digital technology could benefit every society. Tune in for the Digital Government Podcast every Wednesday. Welcome to the Digital Government Podcast, a podcast presented by eGovernance Academy. Here speaking is Federico Plantera, journalist and researcher. And with me, I have Hannes Sastok, Executive Director at eGovernance Academy. Welcome back, Hannes. Hello, Federico. Great to hear you. And, and welcome back remotely also. Uh, so today we are going to address a topic that we briefly, briefly touched upon in a previous episode of the podcast when we talked about uh, some challenges to digital transformation uh, that countries may face, but this time we're going to narrow them down to one practical example, one practical case, like a case study, let's say, and uh, some uh, specific challenges that might, for example, be related to uh, demographic or geographical issues, which might also like group together clusters of countries in uh, carrying out these projects of digital transformation. What we're talking about is uh, the specific case of the Pacific Islands, where you've also been, where you spent some time, where you um, you saw and uh, led and uh, assisted some of the projects of digital transformation that are happening there. And uh, we will see, for example, how for these type of countries that are certain specific challenges that in any case, digital transformation and digital technologies can indeed tackle. So let's start from the beginning. What's happening in the Pacific Islands? Yeah, thank you, Federico. Uh, Pacific Islands are, are definitely kind of pretty specific countries in this sense that they are they are located very remotely. If you are thinking that Estonia is like a remote country inside Europe somewhere at the end end of Europe, so if you consider <clears throat> Pacific Islands, the distances are are really tremendous. So if you want to get uh, uh, from um, let's say from Singapore to to Fiji, it will take from you like eight to nine hours to fly, and then you want to get from from Fiji to let's say to Tonga or to Kiribati, it will take an hour, two or three hours to fly, and and it's the same distance as you fly from Estonia to Paris, three hours, or or from Estonia to to Frankfurt. So this means that um, the distances are really huge. And this affects also the country's ability to be connected. And, um, and also this means that connectivity, international connectivity, is, is related either to the submarine cables or uh, to the satellite, satellite connections. And, and this is also might be extremely um, expensive to, uh, to use. Okay. So in this sense, uh, so, so this means that... Uh, Remoteness is, is really, really a factor of what should be considered. Okay. And uh, also not all countries that we're working with there are experiencing the same path to digitalization. I mean, this is like a mantra that, of course, we always say that uh, also from the from the perspective of the government office of Estonia for uh, like, you know, Seam Secret and the others, and in, which is the fact that in any case, digital government projects cannot be like uh, copy pasted from one point from one country to another. But the uh, what are the typologies, let's say, and the stage 
the typologies of projects and the stage at which these countries in the Pacific Islands that we're working with are at in this moment? The, the Pacific countries definitely vary. We, we cannot say that they are, <clears throat> they are all very similar. And, uh, and the development level of e-government is is varies, but it's also probably dependent on the general development level level of the country. Uh, what should be also considered that not only the remoteness of the country or or how the country is connected is is, is not the only factor. Uh, as usually in as in most of the countries, also uh, the willingness of the government to transform uh, also digitally. Is, is one of the key factors, and <clears throat> and we have seen countries where this willingness is high, and and also and and also um, government follows this process, and in some countries maybe there haven't been not that much big initiatives to transform also digitally, and this is this is also visible, but this is like a starting position. What is important definitely that. Uh, if a country is also like a touristic destination and, and the economy is booming, uh, then usually also internet connections are following because business and tourists need a, a good good um, good connections. And in this case, we can say like Fiji is a really good sample. What is like a hub hub for um, uh, for South Pacific and um, and also a huge tourist destination for Australians and. And New Zealanders. So, in this sense, uh, also we can see that Fiji is pretty well advanced, also in in e-government and and digital economy. And and those countries who haven't uh, <clears throat> haven't a favor to host that much tourists are also um, uh, not that much advanced. If you are speaking about connectivity um, to build the submarine cable, it's a uh, it's a really huge effort, and uh, usually it's, it's not done by directly by the governments, but governments are participating in various consortiums where uh, where um, governments, companies, and also development banks are joining the forces uh, to build up the submarine cables. And <clears throat> this is definitely a huge effort. It will take a years to plan it, uh, another year or two to to build it. And and also to maintain it, and and before the satellite before the submarine cable arrives, usually countries are connected uh, via satellite, what is a relatively slow and relatively expensive connection. Okay, the speed to, could be today boosted boosted up, but at the same time it's still uh, <clears throat> very very expensive, and um, uh, you can use it as a government probably. For your international connection, but uh, just for ordinary citizens to surf in Facebook and YouTube, it's almost uh, mission impossible, and, and prices are are not uh, affordable for the general population. So, so governments are making a lot of efforts to to build up submarine cables, and in most of the countries, it's it is already arrived. In some countries, like Kiribati, um, it should arrive in a year. But at least the plan is already existing, and the preparations are going on to build it up. So, um, so the next step definitely is that after the super fast international connection, with very affordable prices arriving, so also how to prepare the society of government, business, and citizens to benefit from it. 
because otherwise, uh, if you don't think about it, it's probably ending up in a way that citizens are getting relatively cheap internet. They start to surf in, in Facebook uh, to look music videos in YouTube, and, and that's it. So, so that should be also the plan for the nation how to benefit uh, generally, also economically, as as nation from this uh, this fast internet connection. Let's let's pick apart these two topics now. So let's focus first on the institutional perspective, because you mentioned, for example, that countries uh, in these geographical areas or countries that face similar challenges in this sense. Uh, might form together like consortia, uh, consortia basically, to uh, also with international organizations, with international funding or like foreign aid policies, for example, of the neighboring bigger countries to face together certain challenges. Do you think that this could be an approach or like an emerging approach to digital transformation for groups and clusters of countries in certain areas of the world to lower somehow the costs of digital transformation, at least for what concerns infrastructure or, or buying in some technology, and uh, at the same time bring some distributed returns that are basically also cross-border? Oh yeah, sure. It's, uh, it's no doubt. And, and usually development banks are pushing governments also to cooperate because there should be some kind of catalyst who is assisting governments to put them to join the forces and and, and put put the money together to to build up something. <clears throat> so so in this sense it's true and this is this is really visible cooperation of the countries in many ends of the world where when you need to build the build the submarine cable let's say because it's uh, usually also geographically almost mission impossible to build something by yourself, it's much more easy and even 50% cheaper to share the resources with someone, another, another island country who is just on the halfway from the continent. So in this sense, it's, it's unavoidable and really a win-win situation for, for each country. Mm -hmm. And then the second point that I, wanted to, that I wanted to address was indeed this like more societal perspective, but from a rather demographic take to it. What do I mean? We mentioned the topic of the, the remoteness of these islands and of these places as, for example, something that in any case, like, uh, I mean, affects, for example, the time that it takes to get there, but it means that also might impact significantly the type of uh, the, the, the people who go there. Because, for example, so far we talked mostly about tourists, but at the same time, we, we haven't really mm, mentioned some net immigration towards there. So for example, we haven't mentioned you know, people who decide to move there and up to a certain extent manage to contribute to either the economy or the society or the government in some way like that. So what, what I'm referring to is basically, is there a lack also of human capital and human resources in those countries, let's say, is the to drive some projects of digital transformation? This I'm talking this from the expertise that needs to be mobilized side of the equation. So not even like from the user perspective, but from, from the perspective of the people who need to carry out these projects. Do you, do you see that there is maybe some problem like that? Well, yeah, it's a human capital issue is, is really critical for those countries. And <clears throat> there are like two aspects. Definitely, if, until, until there is a low take-up of internet and digital services, there is also no demand for this kind of services and no demand to develop 
uh, a train with kind of stuff. But but definitely now they are, those countries are, are facing really a lack of skilled engineers and technicians. And to change the educational system and to train those people, it, it takes uh, takes time. <clears throat> so what we have seen that uh, uh, the vocational education where you can train technicians for um, for in, various uh, telecommunication services. This is growing pretty rapidly and, and countries are doing a really good job to train this, this level people. And there is a, a huge need uh, about this kind of stuff because uh, uh, if you start to build home connections or uh, or provide uh, mobile internet, there is an really endless need for technical support. But on the top of it, you need also <clears throat> More, more educated and more skilled engineers, not only technicians who can develop also various um, ICT systems, uh, complicated and secure uh, telecommunication networks, and so on. And, and for this purpose, um, um, Pacific countries has joined the forces and um, and also uh, developed a kind of joint university across the Pacific and. Um, and uh, they send their most most of the countries send their talented students to the department that is located in in Fiji and who is providing telecommunications related and ICT related education. But unfortunately, the number of graduates is pretty small still. So the demand is much more higher. And and also another problem is that either you are graduating. Uh, uh, you don't necessarily return to your home country because you are getting much better work, work, job offers from like Australia or New Zealand or from Singapore. So, uh, so the problem is that there are many, many graduates who do not return to their home country also. So, um, so, so the, the lack of staff is one of the, the biggest limiting issues in those countries either. Our governments are putting a lot of efforts to 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 tackle with it, and um, and another problem is that also as countries are very small, also ICT business uh, is not very very well established. In some countries it's better, in some countries it's not that good. So this means that in traditional scheme in in most of the countries globally. If you don't have your own resources as a government, you can procure those resources from private sector. So there is ICT companies who help you to, to, to set up your government ICT systems, to, to service them, to maintain them, to develop them. But if there is no ICT business at all in some countries, or, or maybe only, only a, couple of, uh, a couple of companies who move the boxes. So if you, you buy the computer, we bring you a computer and switch it on. So <clears throat> So this is not very sustainable situation, and you you cannot rely only on let's say companies from Australia who is like thousands of miles away, and and definitely you can do a lot of things, a lot of service and support remotely also, but in some cases you need someone in place also. So <clears throat> development of. Uh, uh, ICT staff, uh, both for private sector and government, is really one of the critical issues and also kind of limiting issues today for Pacific Islands to to move fast forward. Uh, I, I don't worry very much about citizens because citizens are usually learning 
learning by doing and how to use smartphone or computer and and school kids are getting their basic skills from the school but uh, but both like technician level and then software and hardware engineering level is is really critical issue with what both governments but also i think the international donor organizations should deal to to make the life in pacific islands much better and also the connectivity issue as, as i mentioned just the submarine cables definitely they are connecting usually the, the main islands the big islands but uh, but none of the countries is just one one island usually there is like a couple of main islands plus another hundreds of small islands in each island there is maybe one village or two. And to connect all those, those islands also is, um, is a, I cannot say it's mission impossible, but it's very challenging mission. And, that, and definitely you can use various radio links, what is probably most suitable connection. And, and for bit bigger islands in one day, you can lay down the submarine cables also. But, but as mentioned, distances are huge. And uh, it's not that we are taking in Estonia that, uh, even in Estonia, we are struggling with last mile. Neither we have pretty dense population here, but consider that the, in in Pacific countries, there is a, another island is just I don't know 300 kilometers away. <laughs> with another village, should what should be connected also, and this is this is like a challenge. No, it's like challenges of, of another level, let's say, especially when we when we talk about them like from Europe, where not only in Estonia, but all, but in many countries, I mean, also in Italy, for example, where I'm from, in the so-called in Italian are interne, so like the, the, the hinterland, let's say, of the country, where there are you know, some mountains or like hills or in any case, more remote villages and places like already there, we are struggling, for example, a country of 60 million people uh, with uh, with the last mile and also in Estonia, as we said, a great story of digital transformation, but still in any case, we have some challenges with the last mile. I can only imagine, of course, like the next level issues that there could be in a place that poses like so many challenges from e even just from the geographical perspective alone. And uh, when you were talking about the human capital issue, then uh, the... Uh, the problem is also this, indeed, that when uh, that you don't only lack the staff, let's say, from the yeah. government perspective for institutions, but also you lack that human capital that in society can also take on entrepreneurial activities that are in the ICT sector and that at some point could collaterally complement this action of digital transformation from the government also reaping on some business opportunities that at that point create there. But at, but at the same time, if you don't have indeed the social links, the human capital, the culture and the education, in the sense of the mental setting, let's say, to actually start those uh, those enterprises, then of course it becomes much more complicated. Let's conclude it with a message of hope in the sense that something is moving from the digital perspective, from the digital point of view in the Pacific Islands. So uh, as eGovernance Academy, we've done uh, workshops there, we've done surveys there, we've tried to identify the, uh, the main challenges that need to be addressed. And also a roadmap has been developed for some of the countries there. So where do things stand with that regard at the moment? What is going on and where? Yeah, we're currently working in, in Kiribati. We started the projects in Tonga and hopefully in a couple of other island countries also soon. 
And I think Kiribati, we have been working already for two years, is, is moving fast forward. And then government has recognized in Kiribati that uh, as, as a very remote country, they, they need to put a lot of efforts um, to, to make the country digital. And hopefully at the beginning of 2020, the, the international submarine cable is landing. So government already is making a lot of efforts to be ready, both technically, to build the, um, inside the main islands already the networks where to connect the international submarine cable, but also as a government to to be ready for, for bigger digital transformation efforts. So so we see a really good progress there, and, and we truly believe that with the help of international donors, especially World Bank and Asian Development Bank, the, the things are moving fast forward. Also Tonga is is now quickly catching up and and they they, they have really ambitious plan to make the, the country very digital. And I think what is all, all, all basically issues are in place. So, so now there should be kind of <coughs> fine tuning to be made and decisions to be made, how to, how to move fast forward and start the building of, um, of a digital government. But I think during, during the COVID-19 crisis, governments have learned that uh, that uh, the isolation could be even bigger. Rather, it looks that it cannot be bigger like it is in Pacific Islands, but it is even much more bigger but because there is no, no flights are going on and, and only goods are moving. So, so to move, uh, move the knowledge, move the information uh, the, the governments and, and nations need, need better connectivity and need better... Uh, better readiness to utilize this connectivity and, and make the, the business also much more digital. And, and even if you're considering the citizens of those island countries, if they have better connection, they can much more easily buy goods from, uh, from internet, from Amazon or any other vendor, and um, also organize digitally the delivery of those goods to those islands. So this provides, an, again, a, a lot of uh, new business opportunities, both for both for local vendors, but also for international traders uh, to to sell the goods for those countries. Uh, but but to do it, people need to be capable uh, to access those uh, those web, web shops. So so a lot of lot of opportunities. It probably changed the nature of those countries a little bit also because because of, let's say, if you can easily buy the goods from Amazon, uh, it may affect local shops, but I think uh, it provides much better choice for the citizens who are not only locked only to mm. the local vendors, uh, what, what lo local vendors are providing, but they can now, now have much better selection of goods. And, and also about the information, so definitely, most of the bandwidth will be used for YouTube and Facebook, but, but anyway, <laughs> People can also study online, do business online, sell their goods online, what is currently in many countries impossible because of the technical limitations. And, and I think this is a bright future um, of, of those nations. And also considering social aspects, I have mentioned already learning, but also telemedicine, what is extremely important because you cannot transport your, your sick people easily to another country. It takes an hour. So... If telemedicine can assist so doctors from Australia or Singapore can 
can immediately intervene to uh, to uh, procedures what are made in the, the hospital, so it could save uh, save lives also and make the life life quality better for the for the people in those islands. Yes, perfect, Hannes. Thanks a lot for the overview. Thanks a lot for connecting from home, and uh, uh, thank you for joining us today. Thank you very much. This podcast is brought to you by eGovernance Academy. Tune in on next Wednesday.